Emily Elizabeth, and I'm the host of the What Fulfills You podcast, a show for and about individuals always seeking to be their best selves. On this show, we talk all about building the mindset, finding the right careers, creating meaningful relationships, and so much more. Welcome to the What Fulfills You podcast. Hello, hello everyone. Happy Tuesday. Welcome back to the What Fulfills You podcast. My name is Emily Elizabeth and I am your host on this podcast. I typically talk about topics revolving around the art of a fulfilling life and sometimes I have a guest on and sometimes I do a solo episode in which today's episode is all by myself and I'm diving into something that I've been reflecting on heavily for a while now and I'm at a point where I feel like I have a better understanding I guess at my mid-20s life point where maybe for those of you who are listening I know you guys are kind of like in your early mid-20s as well this might be helpful in a new perspective on how to better understand what you really want in a potential relationship or when you're in that dating phase and I personally uh, wish I had someone to kind of share this with me when I was younger and just give me insight into experience from like someone that's a few years older or with a few years more of experience instead of just a parent if that makes sense and also as a quick tangent um If you are a child of immigrant parents like myself, especially in the Asian culture, you probably know that talking about anything related to this, uh, like dating, relationships, that kind of thing, is just not a thing in the family or your culture. And, you know, if you are, then you're totally a one-off, but usually there is a lot of judgment around that topic, and so maybe you're like me, you felt like you had to keep a lot of it to yourself. And um, now I just share what I think with you guys. So anyways, let's just dive into the episode. So the first thing I want to start off with is the classic quote unquote checklist. I feel like everyone often talks about knowing what your checklist is in what you look for in a partner. And trust me when I say I do actually agree with having some sort of mental checklist because if you don't have like a sense of a compatible partner for you especially if you are in your 20s and you you know maybe have dated here and there or maybe you had a past partner before then you should kind of know what you are looking for and what you're not and you'll also of course as we all do as you grow you'll add on to that or maybe take off from it as well as you kind of experience uh, something else from a new partner. So I want to share my opinion on like the level of importance in a checklist. And this checklist uh, for me is not superficial. And I think there's probably some sort of science to it, although I can't say from speaking right now that this has any Uh, signs backing to it but this is just again from personal experience observing other uh, like relationship gurus and like what they say and then like seeing how it occurs in my own relationships and or 
my friends and hearing their stories. And just in general, for me, um, I love understanding human behavior. So I would say that's kind of the three pieces of where and how I created this checklist. So the first and number one most important part of the checklist, I would say, is core values slash core principles. In other words, I look at this as the framework and foundation of someone and pretty much their character and also how they approach life and make decisions. You guys have probably heard me talk about this book before because I read it a long time ago, but it's called Principles by Ray Dalio. And I can't emphasize enough how great of a book this is if you are at a point in your life where you maybe feel a little bit lost, you want to hone down on your sense of direction for your career, for like how you approach life and how you make decisions. Ray Dalio's book was just had a tremendous effect on me because in that reading I read this junior year of college I was about 20 or 21 years old and it just made me realize how I lacked my own core values and it was a big reason as to why I was very like uh, indecisive at the time of my life in this chapter I was kind of wishy-washy indecisive pretty reactive because I didn't kind of have this like strong foundation. If you think of it like a house, if you build a, a house or like a, a building in New York City, you have to have a strong foundation, right? To build upon it and keep going and, and make it make it a really tall building. So for me, that's like the same analogy where I need a strong foundation. And whenever I'm uncertain about what decision I should make or what I should do, I always go back to my principles and it ultimately becomes my top priority. So like one of my top principles and values is integrity. This one became a strong pillar in my decision process at the young age because I personally did not think that I was someone that I would call uh, that or would describe as someone that had a lot of integrity and it was something that I wanted to change about myself because I realized that that is who I want to be. I want to be someone that can be honest and make decisions where I am basically like not selling myself out if that makes sense like where I stand by what I believe in even if it's a really difficult opinion or unpopular opinion that kind of thing and so same thing I would obviously look for that in a romantic partner someone that you know ideally if I'm gonna date them long term I would want to see that they have this value and of course amongst other values as well but to see that they also hold this strong. Like maybe, you know, you run across someone that you really like, but they, they don't have this value that you live by. Um, that can be really tough. And that's the same thing with religion too. If you are a Christian or whatever religion you may be, if that is really important for you, because that in itself is maybe a big part of your foundation and your framework to life, then obviously you're going to want someone that has that or is willing to, you know, convert for you because that's very important for you, right? So definitely something I would say you should think about when you meet someone, you're on a first or second date, kind of observe how they talk about like what they do in their life, like what they do in their free time, the friends they choose, and kind of look at 
what is the root reason as to why they do these things and that can probably help paint a better picture as to whether this person has a good shot at maybe something long term with you as you progress on in you know the early dating phase. The second part to this checklist of mine is lifestyle. I've heard other I guess you could say like relationship coaches, relationship gurus on other podcasts talk about the importance of this. I believe Esther Perel actually, I don't quote me on this, I'm pretty sure she was the one that actually mentioned how important lifestyle is and I could not agree more with this one and I actually will dive into like a story where um, with like a previous partner where that was probably the ultimate reason why it was never just going to be a long-term thing despite dating about four years. But if you're curious what lifestyle means, I would pretty much just say it's your personal taste, uh, whether they are active or not. Like if you are fitness oriented, are they also fitness oriented? Uh, Do you enjoy traveling a certain way, Um, spending money in a certain way? That's like very important. And, you know, more or less in layman's term, you basically like to spend your free time in a similar way and you also spend money you know, for your personal taste in a similar way. I've heard this from Kevin O'Leary and other relationship experts where they have mentioned that most relationships and marriages struggle because of finance or difference in money beliefs. And it's interesting because obviously when, especially at this age, when you're thinking about dating and relationships, that is kind of like towards like the one of the last things you really think about, right? Like you're thinking more, the surface level things like are you physically attracted to them are they I don't know are they good in bed like all, all these fun things which are again components of how well someone is going to be compatible with you but I think when it comes back to lifestyle right like if you really look at the root of lifestyle and someone's personal taste in order for someone to like something that is similar to you they also have to have like similar finances to be able to afford to do whatever that particular thing is whether you are someone that likes to go backpacking and like traveling around the world or maybe you are really bougie and you love to um you know go to nice restaurants or maybe you are someone that's like i don't know it just it just really it's like your own lifestyle preference it's ultimately a lot easier when you come across someone that has a really similar lifestyle and personal taste because then you know if you think like really long term uh when you're moving in together when you live together I don't know about you guys but for me I would want someone that has like the same taste in interior design and home I mean if you follow me on my personal Instagram you guys know that I love sharing uh videos and pictures of my studio apartment and it has a minimalist style and it's very important to me I love a loft style as well I think that's just like a little industrial um, vintage modern vibe like that's totally my style and I think for example I could say that my ex-boyfriend from years ago he would probably be like oh okay this is a great example back then I would get decor pillows for the couch and for the bed and he would be like this is so pointless like why are you getting decor pillows this has no utility totally get it right like I'm a logical person as well but this guy was so logical where he couldn't fathom the idea of spending I don't know $20 on a decor pillow to enhance 
the home environment and like the way the home feels. And so that right there is a great example of us uh, having different views on how we spend money and different like personal tastes, right? He could care less. And for me, home is like where you spend a lot of your time and I want to feel peaceful and at peace when I'm at home and just very like building the ambiance. I think there's a lot that goes into it as well. And so long story short, definitely be mindful about that person's lifestyle and personal taste. And honestly, usually you can figure it out within the first two dates because um, I think you can just tell when the person like picks or if you like, you know, if you agree or disagree on what you do for those dates because you just start to see what one another wants. The third part to this checklist is complementing attributes. So if you understand the Myers-Briggs personalities, then this is helpful. And if you don't, I highly recommend you to go check it out. Just Google Myers-Briggs personality test and you can take it. Uh, You know, just disclaimer, I would say that this is more realistic and practical than horoscopes. I am, quite frankly, not a horoscope girl. I'm not really someone that believes in the like zodiac signs where someone's like oh if this person's this then you know it's not gonna work out like I personally am just not like that and there's a whole nother thing to it but um I feel like the the personality spectrum can really help you understand how someone both friends and colleagues and romantic partners how they can compliment you so for example I am an ENTJ, which is a common personality framework for entrepreneurs and business people and like especially like business leaders, if that makes sense. I would say, though, that I am pretty close to ENFJ. So there's definitely like a strong, um, you know, in between for those two in my personality. And I can see how that shines through in different environments. But my E and T, so E is extrovert, so between like the options is E or I, extrovert or introvert, and T or F, thinking or feeling. And as a reminder, this is on a spectrum. So you are not one or the other, but when you take the test, it does show you a percentage of how much you skew more towards a certain side. And so for the E and the T, extrovert and thinking, I am about like 60% extrovert and then for thinking I'm like 55, 58%. So like I said, I'm close to 50-50. I'm definitely like more extroverted than introverted, but my thinking and feeling is definitely like a close 50-50. So like I said, I could honestly like be an ENFJ as well in certain environments. So where I'm going with this is that a partner that is the same or similar percentage on the like opposite end is going to be helpful and complimenting for you. So in my case, I would say that probably an introvert that is 55%, maybe 60% introverted is healthy, is a really healthy balance for me. And then someone that is 60%, 55% feeling, and then again, the remaining percentage is thinking, that would also be a really good balance for me. However, dating someone that is extremely introverted or extremely feeler would obviously clash with me because it would just be so opposite 
if that makes sense. And so this is why I love the Myers-Briggs because I do think it gives a good spectrum and helps you understand maybe why a certain friend or just certain types of people go well with you and you've worked well with them in life. It's often because they have these complementing attributes and that those complementing attributes are like equivalent to you going the opposite direction if that makes sense yeah so basically if I am 60% extroverted then someone that is 60% introverted and then 40% extroverted um, is going to be a complimenting partner for me and I will add as well from my experience when I date someone that is too close to my personality so like they're also very rational and logical and oftentimes too especially men if I do date someone that is close to me they are often more like logical and rational than me and they're often maybe more like extroverted than me and over time and time again I will say uh, it has been consistently a similar feeling of blandness with these types of guys if they are too similar to me and someone once said it was at a wedding she was like telling me you know, take it from me for someone that's been, you know, married for, I think she said 30 years or something. She's like, it's it's actually really good when you guys are like super similar, you know, it's not always like opposites attract. And I agree with that, but I will say, I think it's more like similar in terms of how you make decisions and like similar in your lifestyle. But if there's someone that's like, like a mirror of you, then it lacks adventure which is needed in romantic relationships you need something to like look forward to you need something to spice it up if you're looking at yourself every single day you're going to be like bored as heck right so in it's funny when I would tell my friends about you know some of these uh, dating experiences in the past I remember specifically saying I might rather be business partners with these guys than romantic partners because not only did I not feel you know for some of them I might not have felt like physically attracted like in a sexual way and then on top of that just maybe lacked chemistry because we were too similar if that makes sense so yeah I would say you want to be similar but in a complementing way not similar as in a mirror effect of who you are okay so the last thing on my checklist is kind of like on the smaller spectrum but it's pretty much how someone handles disagreements and more or less someone's mindset about life and this is definitely probably the most changeable which is why I have it towards the end of the checklist because it is something that I do believe people can rewire in their own mind I mean I'm an example of that like I kind of said earlier I used to be a more reactive person someone that was very indecisive I lacked quality decision making and then you know I brought in stoicism and that definitely impacted my life amongst other self-reflections but regardless when it comes to mindset and how someone handles disagreements especially in relationships it takes a lot of discipline to acknowledge if you are the issue and you need to improve yourself so that goes both ways whether it's you or whether it's your potential partner And of course, I've heard all the stories. Some people point fingers and blame. Some others are, you know, okay with having a thoughtful disagreement and working through it to have a specific outcome. I will say that fortunately with my current partner, he is really good at being willing to like improve on certain things that I might have pointed out like, hey, I I think um, this is honestly, I hope he's not listening to this, but... 
you know, basically just that I might say, hey, you know, I think communication needs to be worked on or something of that nature. And he immediately implements that. And when we do disagree about something, he's able to like consistently work through it, even if I'm coming to an obstacle in my own mind and he's like pushing me to like come out of that obstacle and like work through it and I really appreciate that and honestly like it's you're not always going to find that in a partner and I think it comes down to number one their own programming from their upbringing and their life experience as well as what they've seen in their life you know their parents or people around them that have been in relationships and what they use as a framework to being in a relationship right the second part of that is someone's willingness to acknowledge if they need to work on something and how they're able to work through that i think it's like a two-part aspect if that makes sense and before you say well i don't know how i could tell in the early stages of dating i actually think you can easily see this if you again are mindful about looking out for it because it usually happens more frequent than not like when you are maybe disagreeing about something or there's like small details on dates where you kind of like had an internal ick you're like ooh, i didn't love that this person did that and maybe if you were to bring it up seeing how this person reacts and how they handle it and again it's coming from you too if you are bringing something up that might feel sensitive be sure that you word it well that you don't ever make someone feel like they're being attacked but bring it up more in a curious way if it's something that they did that you felt not so great about ask them from like a from your perspective like hey i i felt this way just wanted to hear like your thoughts like just kind of have that conversation and see how this person reacts to that approach okay so the second part of this episode i want to just dive into where i see common mistakes i've definitely been here as well so i want to preface that i'm not saying this in a like uh, oh i'm an expert and i know everything type format but i'm just saying like oh either i've done this before or i i've definitely have done or thought these things before but also now that i've grown up a bit i definitely see this in younger friends or just observing in everyday life and the first one i will say uh probably you guys like more on the female side looking at the guy to be honest i do think this happens a lot but it's looking at what the person does for their job and or how much the person makes now it's obviously it is important that someone uh, you know your romantic partner strives to be financially well like financially healthy because again that is an element of your overall health and also an element of how well someone can be in a long-term relationship and potential marriage, right? That is just part of life. However, I do not believe that you should rank someone or like put a value on someone based on what they do for their job. And especially if it doesn't sound something, you know, for example, I would say we... We always used to hear the classic, oh, he's a lawyer, he works in finance, he works in whatever. And trust me, I've dated some of these guys and they always, especially when I was younger, they always sounded 
better in a way or they maybe looked better on paper or fuck they they probably were more impressive sounding to your parents and or your friends but over the years in reflection I would say that it occurred to me that what was more important is that this person actually really enjoys what they do so if it's finance and investment banking and they actually damn well love doing it they love staying up till 2 a.m that whole grind by all means i i love that because what i look for is that instead of looking at what the guy does for his career i look at is this something they enjoy if they're passionate about it and also what their personal vision is for this part of their life i say that because i believe that most people lack vision until they kind of get hit with the reality check of, oh fuck, like I actually should look ahead in my life a little bit. And I think hearing about someone's vision makes more sense than hearing about what they currently do. And I'll give a quick example. I have a good friend who recently graduated from college and he is in a non- like conventional career path right now and honestly I feel like his as a first job for him out of school I think this is a great fit it's basically something in athletics I just don't want to give too much detail but basically it's in athletics where he is a professional coach in that field and he was a division one athlete in this sport and so to me it did make a lot of sense considering his options and also like knowing his personality as a friend like I just know that this was a better start for him out of college but he recently asked me he said oh like what do you think girls will think when I like if I tell them this is my job and mind you he is making really good money for this job as a first job out of college I would say that he actually is probably making more than most people on their first job out of college unless it's someone that's in like software engineering um, tech like something of that nature but besides that all the other jobs like sales and marketing all that I would say he's making a, a little bit more than most of those jobs but that's besides the point because I you know when he asked me that I told him hey let's be honest right how would you feel if a girl was interested in you and then suddenly wasn't because she just didn't think your job sounded suave enough like wouldn't you think that's kind of shallow and he's like yeah and so I'm like so would you want to be with someone that's shallow and and kind of like judges you for you know for this being a non-conventional job he's like no and I'm like well exactly right so that's the same thing you know he he had a little bit of insecurity about it but I said dude you know, I, I get it. I've definitely been around conversations where people love just hearing, you know, being able to brag like, oh, my boyfriend has a has like whatever finance, law, job, doctor, whatever that may be, because everyone knows they make pretty good money. Right. So um, I think it's important to hear more about why someone is doing what they are doing and where they plan to go in terms of direction and their own vision and whether you see that person I guess like 
putting in the work to get there because I think that's important too you don't want to just say you're going to do something but also like you're just bullshitting right like so pay attention to that instead of what they quote unquote do second mistake I personally think is common is that you think the differences in personal tastes can be overcome or you can influence your partner to have the same taste so again I'll share from personal experience with my last partner this was kind of the reason why I just didn't see it long term like there was again amongst other reasons but this was kind of the foundation of it and also because of this experience it was why I realized how important lifestyle taste is and why I was looking for someone um, in my next relationship that intrinsically had a similar lifestyle and personal taste because when that is kind of like already checked off the other things are a lot easier to like to kind of observe as you are in the dating period so I don't want to be drastic and say like this like 100% can't be overcome but I would argue probably maybe only about 10% of the time it can be like you can influence your partner to like adapt to your taste that kind of thing Um, but more likely than not you'll learn like I did that the differences intrinsically like what you like for your own lifestyle are very hard because it's often programmed in that person's upbringing so whether that's their beliefs about money so again my ex-boyfriend thought uh, decor pillows were useless because of like lack of utility quote-unquote things like that uh, just can be it, it may take a lot of time to overcome and I think at that point it's the question of is is it worth it right like do do, are there qualities of this potential partner a lot higher like does it strongly outweigh the cons of the potential disagreements in your personal lifestyle tastes and lastly I will say this one's a big one but when you feel it's not aligned and or you barely feel any chemistry, but you convince yourself it'll build over time. I've had this debate with some friends where, it was mainly guy friends, where we question whether chemistry can be built upon. And I'm certain it can be. However, this one is often very instinct space like I just think it a lot comes down to energy when you hit it off with someone you just know this is across the board in the workplace in your friendships in people you've dated you just know there are certain people you had a stronger connection with than others and same thing with friends there are some people in your life that you just click better with you can open up more than other friends that is normal also as a tangent I will say that's why I think on shows like The Bachelor it's pretty easy to tell who they're gonna kind of end up with because you can tell you can just see someone's chemistry honestly and um, you can just tell too that these people like when they meet these girls or guys depending on the season you just know when you have instant chemistry with someone and there's usually like you know probably two to four contestants that the lead feels a really good connection with and that's where they build off from but honestly the other guys if they don't feel it 
hit off right away, it's going to be really difficult because I just think uh, it's just energy. And I think there's something to be said about energy. And you know that saying when people talk about marriage, they always say, you'll know when you know. And I, I do believe in that statement, except I just wouldn't throw out like, oh, I'm going to marry this person. Like I wouldn't say that too early because I think that's just like the rational side in me. But in terms of when I have doubts, if this person's worth long term, that's something I definitely listen to. Like I'm very in tune with. And ironically too, with the person that I'm uh, currently dating, um, I wrote in my journal way back when, when I first met him and when we like spent a weekend together, um, I just remember feeling like, like I literally said to one of my best guy friends too, and I wrote this in my journal, I said that it felt like I had a boyfriend for the weekend. Like I I was like, I feel like I rented a boyfriend for the weekend. And, you know, of course, um, in fact, if you were listening to my episodes, like from, way earlier this year there's definitely some hints that I dropped back then where I probably mentioned something around along the lines of like meeting someone and like hitting it off that kind of thing and like I said your instincts will just know when your energy just kind of clicks with someone you will know and if it doesn't you will also know don't don't waste too much time with hoping or thinking like it could go somewhere when your gut already kind of knows that it's most likely not. So use your time wisely, my friends. So that was all I had for this solo episode. As always, I hope this was valuable and you took something from this. I know, again, everything I say is always from personal experience, so uh, probably biased to some extent. But I always think about it before I release an episode, whether I feel like this could be helpful in one way or another, just from my personal experience. And like I said in the beginning, I always wish that I kind of had like an older sister that could have shared some of these insights as she went along in her own path and so that's kind of what I wanted to provide for you all today and if you are a first-time listener and you are curious about all the merch you can check out the best-selling card game and the journal it's available at whatfulfillsyou.com I will say hint hint I have some more fun stuff coming this fall so definitely follow us on Instagram at whatfulfillsyou so you can be the first to know about anything that is coming out it's definitely going to be really fun stuff for the upcoming season and I'm excited for you guys to have them as well. Thank you again for listening today. I would chat with you all in the next episode. Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.